You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on Patreon and subscribe to my email list so you can get free, uncensored, ad-free versions of my content. All links can be found in the description or on my website, ocmorgan.com. Dilbert creator Scott Adams, member of Mensa and famed atheist, decided it was important to tell his audience to get the fuck away from black people. Just get the fuck away. This can't be fixed. Quote, unquote. If you think that's bad, wait until you see what I dug up from years ago. He's been pushing a far-right extremist narrative for a long time now. During the 2020 presidential campaign, he took advantage of religious people's fears and superstitions, despite the fact that he's openly atheist. Does it get more depraved than this? Andrew Womack has been scamming gullible suckers out of every penny they own for decades. But did you know he's close with members of Congress, too? Lauren Boebert appeared at his church to offer a prayer with him. Let's talk about some of the other prayers Lauren Boebert and Andrew Womack have given, including but not limited to Boebert's recent prayer for Biden's death. Shane Vaughn, pastor of the Trump Church, comes up with some wild QAnon-based conspiracies about Easter. Not only does he spread QAnon conspiracies, but he also openly calls for an end to democracy in the United States. Presumably, he wants to replace democracy with dictatorship, with his god-emperor Donald Trump at the head. This week, in Questions from Listeners, I talk about whether or not televangelists really do believe the things they say, Jehovah's Witness leader Tony Morris being ousted from his position as governing body member, and more. If you want to contact me, maybe have your question read out on air, you can call me at 1-800-701-8573. Or you can go to my website, owenmorgan.com, click the Contact Me menu button along the top, and leave me a message. You can also sign up for my email list on my website, owenmorgan.com. You get early, unedited, uncensored, ad-free access to some of my stuff if you sign up for the newsletter or go to it on my website. He said, I heard you was a millionaire. I said, that's not right. That's not true. He said, yes, it is. I said, no, it's not. Multi. Now add that to it, you'll be all right. <laughs> this is Jesse Duplantis, televangelist, close friend of Kenneth Copeland, and this is some of that God-given humility that you see. You know, fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, kindness, peace, joy, patience, all that stuff. Those are the types of qualities that Jesse Duplantis definitely embodies, right? This video is actually from like a fundraiser that these guys did together with Kenneth Copeland. He's actually talking to Kenneth Copeland right now. He's on the corner. You'll see him in a second. But this happened mid-September 2021 is when this fundraiser type of thing happened. And he's telling this absolutely disgusting story. Listen to what Duplantis, televangelist, has to say here. I honestly believe this, that the reason why Jesus hadn't come is because people are not giving the way God told them to give. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I mean, when you understand it, you can speed up the time. So you can make Jesus come back if you just send me money. Wow, dude. Wow. I was on television. He said, I heard you was a millionaire. I said, that's not right. That's not true. He said, yes, it is. I said, no, it's not. Multi. Now, add that to it, you'll be all right. <laughs> oh, he couldn't handle that. He liked to have had a fit. And I said, He's telling this story like it's so funny. People are laughing. Dude, how depraved is it? Look, Kenneth Copeland's laughing harder than any of them. He's just chuckling it up over there. Wow, man. <laughs> like to have had a fit. And I said, You mess with me, I'll buy this station and I'll fire you. Yeah. Oh, he didn't <laughs> like that, did he? Why do they think this is funny? Somebody's criticizing him 
for taking money from the poor, money that he doesn't need. And he threatens them with purchasing this studio and firing them. Does it get more depraved than this, dude? Uh, you know, that was a little fleshy, but it felt good. <laughs> It was a little flashy, i.e., that was sinful, but I enjoyed it, and they're laughing at this. They're not men of God, okay? In case you didn't catch on to this, they don't reflect the values that the New Testament or that Jesus endorsed. They don't embody the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity. You notice that one in there? Generosity, catch that one? Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Really? How can these people pretend to be men of God and unironically stand in front of an audience of millions of people on this TV network, the Victory Network, and say this stuff? The fleshy, but it felt good. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. Just did. You know what I'm not saying? Yeah, yeah. Wrong. So I realized that I will not move people emotionally yeah. to give. Right. No. I'm going to have people move according to the Word of God. What is God saying to you? Okay, so he says he realizes he isn't going to be able to emotionally manipulate people into donating money to him, right? So he has to talk logic and reason to them, all right? Let's keep listening then. He's going to talk logic and reason to them. That should be enough to convince me, right? And I really believe this. If people would call this number and put this victory all over the world on every available voice, every available outlet, God, the Father, he would say, Jesus, go get him. Yeah. Okay, that right there, my friend, is emotional manipulation. You want the end to come. You want all of the suffering to go away. You want to see your dead loved ones again. All you have to do is donate your life savings to me. All you have to do is give me your mortgage money. Give me your last penny. That's it. That's all you got to do. And Jesus will come back. If that's not emotional manipulation, I don't know what is. Because you see, he wants to see us as much as we want to see him. You see what I'm saying? And so what has hindered all these things is, right. uh, uh, is because people are not doing in the financial realm, because we live in an economic world, what God's called them to do. You know, he's called us to do that. So I don't have a problem with giving. I don't have a problem with receiving. I bet he doesn't have a problem with receiving. Just... Depraved stuff, dude. Depraved stuff. It didn't make any difference. because I just made up my mind. I want Jesus to come. Now, uh, they said, do you own a jet? Yes. You can have it the day after the rapture. It's yours. Because Jesse, Jesse is oh. going to heaven. Well, you know, I, I'm not so sure that based on what Jesus said, that's true. What was it Jesus said? God, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um... It's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. Something to that effect, right? And this guy's talking about how you'll be able to take his private jet when he goes to heaven. Come on. It's a joke at this point, okay? It's a joke. I got some emails from people. FYI, if you want to send me a message, you can do it by calling 1-800-701-8573. That's my voicemail number. Or you can go to my website owenmorgan.com hit the contact us button in the top right corner it's this puppy right here contact me just click this bad boy this button takes you to this got a question or a comment you can type in email first name last name message only things that are necessary are email and message 
and you can click this this bad boy right here click that puppy subscribe to the newsletter because that's definitely what you want to do if you subscribe to the newsletter you get uncensored complete ad free versions of a lot of my stuff not all of it right now figuring out how to put all of it in an ad free complete form but at least a lot of my videos you'll gain access to that way you can also just go to the website and type your information in right here on the side subscribe to my email list email address first name last name and then hit subscribe if you check my website regularly though i upload things like this to it this is like access to my videos early like this one hasn't even released yet right here as of the time that this is being filmed so you'll have access to like this video these three right here are not public these are unlisted ad free complete uncensored breakdowns this one releases soon so anyways yeah you can access all this stuff if you want so this person that i got this comment from used the contact form on my website they just hit contact me sent me a message that way aside from the faith healing grift do these televangelist nutter butters believe what they preach or is it all a money grab uh, I'll answer that one first, and then we'll take a look at the other one. Um, this is who I consider to be televangelist right here. There are many, you know, Billy Graham and a bunch of others, but we got Jesse Duplantis, Gene Bailey, Kenneth Copeland, Lance Walna, Hank Kuneman, and Mario Murillo from left to right in this image here. Every one of these people, in my opinion, has unequivocally been proven to be scam artists. I think they believe some of what they say. But most of the grift is just that, a scam. They're just trying to get money out of people. They probably believe in God in the most basic sense. I would say they probably believe that if you give money, then you might get some back. Or if you, more broadly, if you contribute to God or if you do things for God, then God will do things for you. Uh, and they have twisted all of that out of proportion to work to their benefit. That's my opinion on it. Most of these people, all of the people on screen, I think, probably know that they're lying about a lot of stuff, but not all of it. And the second half of the question, also, do you feel QAnon will die out benignly or will it end in a blaze of glory, as it were? Thanks, Owen, for all you do. Part of your Christian minority, thank you for making this welcoming forum for everyone. Of course, absolutely. Glad to have Christians here. That was from Greg. I don't think QAnon's going to go out in a blaze of glory. I assume when you say blaze of glory, you're talking the way that Jim Jones went out or Heaven's Gate. I don't think they're going to go out that way. I think it'll probably eventually fizzle. But between then and now, I expect a lot of violence, stochastic events, um, attacks, and a lot of craziness happening. So I don't think it'll be completely benign, but I don't think that they're going to do this big mass event the way that Jonestown did, if that's what you're asking. We just hope for the best. Maybe we can pull some of them out. Here's another question from Marvin. Hey, Owen, watch your show while I cook almost daily. My question is related to the Jehovah's Witness Board's stance on education. Yeah, this is the governing body. As they say, they support education but not secular schooling. Why do they not set up their own university? Many religious groups have a similar view but created their own university, such as, such as Brigham Young University. That's a Mormon one. Bob Jones University, and Liberty University. I think those two are evangelical ones. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. 
Any thoughts on why they haven't established one? That's an interesting question. Uh, let me just play this short clip from from Tony Morris, now disgraced governing body member. He's no longer a member of the governing body. Uh, just fired from them, like not even that long ago. But he kind of led the way heavily on banning tight pants from the religion, uh, banning education. Although Jehovah's Witnesses have always been opposed to education, higher education. So that's not entirely Tony Morris is doing. But listen to what he had to say here. I think this is 2015. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses are against education. Well, that's ridiculous. We're not against education. Uh, we are pro-education. It's just that we are selective with who does the educating. Right. So what he's really saying is they are against college education. They think you should be going to the Kingdom Hall for your education rather than going to a college. We promote divine education. We believe it to be superior. Well, you can believe it's superior all you want, but it doesn't mean that it's not necessary to get secular education, too. If you want to survive in this world, you're going to have to go to a university and get a four-year degree. That's how people rise themselves out of poverty more often than not. Now, he's trying to pit them against each other. Divine education, as he calls it, showing up to Jehovah's Witness meetings and listening to what they say. And just going to college to better yourself and improve your living conditions. It's just depraved stuff, man. The way that he frames everything is just wrong. Now, as far as the question goes, why don't they create their own university? The answer is because, in my opinion, the governing body members are true believers. They really buy what they're selling. They believe all of it. And as a result of believing all of it, they think that... There's going to come a time when Armageddon is sparked into place and Jehovah's Witnesses are going to have to hide in basements from the authorities the same way that Jews did in the 1940s. And eventually the world is going to band into a one world government and ban all religion, Jehovah's Witnesses included. And that's when Armageddon is going to come and blah, blah, blah. At the end of that period, this is Jehovah's Witness theology. They think that they're going to have to rebuild the planet. Everybody who is not a Jehovah's Witness, active, door-knocking, believing, baptized member of Jehovah's Witnesses is going to die in Armageddon. That's their belief. And after Armageddon, all of the believing Jehovah's Witnesses, the practicing ones that survived, are going to have to rebuild the planet. Now, what good would a degree in chemistry do somebody who's trying to rebuild the planet after a, a massive war? That's their take on it. Logically, if you're following the beliefs down the path that they've built for you, it doesn't make any sense to get a, a degree in chemistry when you could go for a trade job and learn carpentry or learn plumbing and use that skill in the new system to rebuild the planet. In reality... That, that That's probably part of their reason for this, but the secondary reason for discouraging college is because they know full well that people who get a college education are less likely to stay in the religion and continue to believe it. Because it leads to everlasting life. The intellectual gripping of the mind, uh, very hard to recover from. I've seen this so many times, and we could tell you so many horror stories, and the parents are all 
distraught. Why didn't you do more for my son? Why didn't you do more for my daughter? I would say, who dropped him off? So he's saying, if you go to college, you will stop believing in this nonsense that Jehovah's Witnesses are peddling. And that's pretty true. That's pretty true. It's a fragile ecosystem that they build for people. You know, they do absolutely everything they can, Jehovah's Witness leadership, to prevent people from using logical thinking. Everything that they can. You heard what he said. God, and it gets in there, and the intellectual gripping of the mind, uh, very hard to recover from. They don't want people thinking deeply about things. They only ever want you thinking deeply about how much you love Jehovah, and that's it. So do a mindless task. Do something that you, a skill you can learn, carpentry, plumbing, honest, hardworking fields that pay really, really well. But you can shut your brain off once you know the rules, once you know how things work. You can shut it off and just do the job. That's what they want. They don't want people thinking. They don't want people going to school and learning all of this stuff. So anyway, there's your answer. Uh, thank you so much for the, uh, the message. And again, if you guys want to send a message to me, all you got to do is go to my website, owenmorgan.com, click contact me, and... When you type in your message, hit subscribe to my newsletter. There you go. You're all good. This one's from Carl. What happened to Miki and Kashmir live snack time? I wish you'd show those two feline overlords more often during streams. I appreciate the, uh, the message. Yeah. Sadly, Miki developed diabetes. And uh, so it's not safe to feed her treats, you know, at night anymore. I have to be really careful about when she eats and what she eats and so on so unfortunately i can't do snack time anymore they're good kitties though both of them also suggesting to reactivate cattail5 on twitter yeah i had uh, a twitter account for my cats where i just posted cat pictures all the time and that was good for a while but yeah i i stopped using twitter a lot because i don't want to support whatever it is elon musk is doing right now but yeah i, I appreciate the message and uh, it was pretty interesting Hello, this is Ron, Tennessee. I was looking at your little video about the Trumpists losing it over Chinese balloon. And you said, why do they keep wanting to make America look bad? It's because they want to make the Democrats look weak. So that way they can prove in their mind, they can prove to everybody else that the Democratic philosophy doesn't work and that the Democrats are too weak or whatever to run the country, that you need them to run it. And it's a direct opposite. The Republican philosophy does not work. The me, me, me thing is just is just with Republican political things. It's basically all about, you know, making the white man and everything superior. So that's just what it is. Just trying to make the Democrats look bad so they can say that they will run the country better. And by the looks of it, for the past what, four decades, they've shown that it doesn't. Anyway, that's just my thoughts. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail. It's really interesting. Um, Donald Trump, actually, when he was running for president again in 2020, he was already the president. He was showing videos of, quote unquote, Biden's America. And it was like, you know, buildings being burned down and cities being destroyed and all this stuff. In reality, none of that stuff was happening. 
in reality, buildings weren't being burned down. Cities were not being rioted or looted or any of that stuff. That was completely fabricated. Antifa and Black Lives Matter were not destroying everything during the George Floyd protests. Were there some protests that got out of hand? A little bit. Yes, there were. But it wasn't burning cities to the ground. I live in New York City. They claim New York City is burned to the ground. It's nonsense. At no point in time has New York City ever suffered from, like, rioting or looting or any of that. Seattle, guess what? It's still there. Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon, it's still there. They're both fine. It was all made up all along. But Donald Trump comes out there during the 2020 election, shows video of cities being burned down, Molotov cocktails being thrown, people looting, says this is Biden's America. No, that's Trump's America. Trump was president. Trump was to blame for everything that happened under his watch because that's what that's how it works. Okay, there used to be a plaque on the resolute desk says the buck stops here until I think Ronald Reagan had the plaque removed because the president controls everything in the country. If there's something bad happening like massive riots and looting. It's the president's fault. They can fix that stuff. They can resolve this. They can find some way to correct the issue. But instead of taking the blame, trying to figure out a solution that's amicable to everybody, what did Donald Trump do? The master negotiator blamed Biden, who wasn't even president at the time. As the caller said, Republicans' goal, their whole life philosophy, is to blame their enemies for their problems, even when they're not in control, even when it's the Republican in office. They blame the Democrat. It's absurd. Absurd from top to bottom. I don't know. Let me know what you think about it. I think it's bizarre to hear people unironically claim that it's their competitor's fault when their competitor isn't even in office. So critical thinking is the mark of Satan, according to these cults. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. Critical thinking is the mark of Satan. I I mean, they just come out and say it at a certain point. Next, we're going to talk about Dilbert creator Scott Adams swearing off black people forever. He says he moved away from all black people and you should do the same. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check me out on Patreon. You can also subscribe to my email list to keep up with what I'm doing and get free, uncensored, ad-free versions of my content. All links can be found in the description or on my website, ocmorgan.com. The best advice I would give to white people is to get away from black people. Wherever you have to go, just get away. Because there's no fixing this. This is Scott Adams. He's the comic writer who created the Dilbert comics, Dead Serious. Now, this guy's been kind of a right-wing nutter butter for a long, long time. This is not a new position that he's taking, although he wants you to think that it is. He seems to have gone full-blown white supremacist now. That's kind of what it looks like to me. This is honestly really sad because I was a huge fan of the Dilbert comics when I was little. But I wanted to listen to his live stream that he did recently about this because this is like an exploding story at the moment. And then we're going to look at a little bit of his history, some of the things that he's said in the past that were a little bit questionable. Listen to what he had to say on... The black community, though. February 22nd, 2023. Check it out. Uh, Well, Rasmussen Poll uh, had a uh, 
provocative little poll today. They said, uh, do you agree or disagree with the statement, uh, it's okay to be white? Yeah, now let me explain something about this poll. Is it okay to be white? is a dog whistle. It was even labeled as such by, I think, the Anti-Defamation League or something like that. It is intentionally created to spark division and hatred. It's a piece of propaganda designed to draw in people like him who may or may not be on the fence. Now, this guy isn't on the fence. He hasn't been on the fence for a long time. He's been a right-wing actor for years now. But it's intended to drag in audiences that might be in the middle and they hear something provocative like this and side with the right as a result. So this poll itself is just propagandistic garbage. But okay, let's see what he has to say about it. Is it okay to be white? The answer is, of course, yes. Okay, skin color shouldn't matter. But you should recognize that there are disparities between the black community, the white community, and other communities in the United States and do everything you can to try to remedy those disparities, try to make things more fair and equal. Anyway, listen to how he responded to this poll. That was an actual question. Rasmussen asked, you know, white and black voters and, and probably others, uh, do you disagree or agree with the statement, it's okay to be white? 26% of blacks said uh, no. So there is a subset of the black community that is absolutely unhinged from reality, completely nuts and hateful, and they're separatists, and they want to burn everything to the ground. Yeah, they're out there. Just like there's a subset of the white population who's the same who celebrate Hitler's birthday every year and pass around Nazi memes left and right. You know, there are nutter butters on, you know, in any group. Literally every population has its weird little group of, of nutcases, right? But the fact that 26% said no tells me that a large subset probably recognized that poll for what it was. Propaganda. I mean, look at the, the Hebrew Israelites, a.k.a. the black Israelites. It's like Scientology for the black community. They are hateful, bigoted nutter butters. They are anti-Semitic crazies out there that are deeply racist against a, a ton of different people. So, yeah, I'm not saying the number is zero. It's certainly not. But this poll was created with the intent to deceive is created to give people like Scott Adams the impression that there's a, a far larger proportion of the black community that hates the white community than there actually is. And he fell for it. By the way, he's a, a self-proclaimed atheist, and he's a member of Mensa. If you don't know what Mensa is, it's, only, it's a club that's only available to people with an IQ of like, 132 or higher or something it's like you know the elite of the elite it's like all of the einsteins in the world they're supposed to get together in this mensa meeting and blah blah, blah. he's a member of mensa it's a super prestigious uh, kind of full of themselves type of club and he's a member of it you can't tell me he didn't see straight through this propaganda it's not okay to be white 21 percent weren't sure Add them together, that is 47% of black respondents were not willing to say it's okay to be white. 
Okay, so what was it? Twenty six percent said it's not okay. What was the other? Twenty one percent weren't sure. Right. So twenty one percent weren't sure. Twenty six percent said no. I'm assuming that the twenty one percent recognized it as propaganda and didn't want to feed into it. So they just said, I don't know. That's what I probably would have done. I, I don't know, because I'm not going to feed into this ridiculous propagandistic framing. Add them together, that is 47% of black respondents were not willing to say it's okay to be white. That, that actually, that's like a real poll. Dude, is it just me, or is his head, like, really, really tiny? Is his head, like, way too small for his body, or what? This just happened. So I realized, um, as you know, I've been identifying as black for a while, years now, because I like, you know, I like to be on the winning team. Clever. So, like I said, he's always been a right-wing nutter-butter. He's always had a vested interest in furthering the goals of the far right and destroying anybody to the left of hunting the homeless for sport. And I like to help. And I, I always thought... Oh, I bet. He loves to help, yeah. Well, if you help the black community, that's sort of the biggest lever. You know, you could you can find the, the biggest benefit. Oh, so, I mean, first of all, he hasn't been helping the black community for a long time. Uh, he Has he ever donated to any charities or nonprofits or whatever that further the goal of bringing equality to the United States and making marginalized communities better, better off. Has he ever donated, not just for the black community, but for any marginalized group? I doubt it, honestly. But he says, even if he did, just let's assume, play the game for a second. He says, even if he did, it would have been to try to get some kind of benefit out of it. It's the biggest lever. I can use it the easiest. For what it's worth, this guy actually tweeted this. I don't know exactly when he tweeted it. It was a while ago. I quit the bank when my female boss told me the order came down to not promote white men. At my next job, same story, different boss. This is before he started writing the Dilbert comics. This is before he got famous and rich. He claims that the order came down not to promote white men. Give me a break. Any proof would be fantastic. Anything. I'll take literally anything at this point. The persecution complex is off the scales with these people, okay? It's a problem. Here's another tweet from him. A lot of people are angry at me today, but I haven't yet heard anyone disagree. I make two main points. One, treat everyone as an individual. No discrimination. That's not the point that he made. The point that he made in that video is, this isn't fixable. Get away from black people. Move away from anybody that's black. That sounds like discrimination based on race to me. And number two, avoid any group that doesn't respect you. See, that's the problem. Number one contradicts number two. You are not treating people as individuals if you are doing things based on groups like this. Does anyone think this is bad advice? He's absolutely terrible, dude. I haven't even gotten to the worst of it. Keep listening to this. I thought, well, that's the hardest thing and the biggest benefit. So I'd like to focus a lot of my life resources in helping black Americans. So what life resources have you contributed to the black community? I, I need receipts. You know, you've burned up your goodwill with me. I don't trust a word out of your mouth now. So much so that I started identifying as black. 
to just be on the team I was helping. But it turns out that nearly half of that team uh, doesn't think uh, I'm okay to be white, which is, of course, why I identified as black, because so I could be on the winning team for a while. This is absolutely absurd. Like, everything about this is absurd. And the saddest part about it is that this is not new, okay? This isn't new from this guy. He's acted like this for, like, years now. It's just catching attention now. But Kanye West, or, or Ye, or whatever, used to watch this guy leading up to his complete disintegration into Nazi land. Seriously, he posted, like, screenshots of him watching this guy talk about race and being on the right and loving Trump and all of that stuff. Insane. For a while. But I have to say, uh, th this is the first political poll that ever changed my activities. I don't know that that's ever happened before. Uh, complete nonsense, dude. But for what it's worth, I mean, he, al he already, uh, we haven't gotten to this part yet, but he said that he already moved. He already moved to an area that was less black than he was previously in. We'll get to that part in a second. So first of all, that poll didn't change anything about his behavior. He just read this poll. And second, he's always been a right-wing nutter butter. And third, that was the point of the poll, for what it's worth. That was the idea. They wanted this reaction from people on the right. And he's feeding right into it. He probably knows exactly what he's doing. Member of Mensa, very high IQ, devoted to logical thinking, or as he claims, devoted to logical thinking. He knows. You can't convince me he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. And normally you see a poll, you just look at it, you go, ah, whatever. <laughs> you know, oh, this is interesting what other people think. But as of today, I'm going to re-identify as white because I don't want to be a member of a hate group. I'd accidentally joined a hate group. People that are black are, are members of a hate group. This is the clearest cut example of discrimination based on skin color, or probably more accurately, prejudice based on skin color that I have ever seen in my life, I think. This is, like, does it get more clear than this? So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not... That completely inaccurate. You can't just take a not sure and count it as a no, first of all. That's what he's doing by doing this. This is all propagandistic nonsense. And again, this poll didn't convince him of anything. He moved to a less black area long before this. He's had these views for a long, long time, since he supposedly quit his first job because they supposedly said, you're not allowed to promote white men or something. According to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the fuck away. Wherever you have to go, just get away. Because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. Right? This can't be fixed. You just have to escape. So that's what I did. I went to a neighborhood where you know, I have a very low black population. Well, how long ago did you move to that neighborhood, Scott? Because he's been implying this whole time that he just changed his mind on this. He said, as of today, I'm re-identifying as white. Remember? 
This is the first poll that has changed my mind about things. Complete nonsense, all of it. This is all pure, unadulterated propaganda designed to make you hate people. That's it. So I, I think it makes no sense whatsoever as a uh, white citizen of America to try to help black citizens anymore. It doesn't make sense. It's no longer a rational impulse. So he's saying, if you don't get something out of it, then it's not worth doing. That sounds like something Donald Trump would say to me, first of all. And second, this whole thing's completely made up. I got to keep reminding people of that. This is garbage. It's all nonsense. It's propaganda fabricated by Rasmussen, the polling company, and furthered by Scott Adams. And so I'm, I'm going gonna, uh, gonna to back off from being helpful to black America because it doesn't seem like it pays off. Like I've been doing it all my life and I've been... He's not done anything for the black community since day one. And what was that thing he said? Doesn't seem like it pays off. Doesn't seem like it pays off. Interesting. So you saying you have to get something back. You have to get something from an exchange if you're going to help somebody. That's not how help works, in my opinion. You know, you should be willing to give your time or your money or your whatever freely because you want to help. Shouldn't be about an exchange. Shouldn't be doing it just to get something out of somebody. The only outcome is I, be, I get called a racist. That's By who? Who called him a racist? That's the only outcome. <laughs> like up until this video, who called him a racist specifically? And for what? Just for you telling me what he's trying to do here is imply that people called him racist for donating to black causes. Complete fabricated nonsense, dude. Guy's a white supremacist now. <laughs> it makes no sense to help black Americans if you're white. Uh, the, the, it's over. Don't, don't even think it's worth trying. Um, and I'm also really sick of seeing video after video of black Americans beating up non-black citizens. What videos is he talking about? I mean, I haven't seen any of these. You know what this tells me? It tells me that he's in this weird little echo chamber that repeats the same stuff over and over again. He's in this little group, you know, the, all the telegrams and all of the truth social accounts and the gabs and the parlors that he gets his news from are feeding him fear porn. That's all he's getting right now. That's the only thing that he's seeing. Now, how many people are there in the United States? There are about 330 million right now, right? Do you know how long it, it would take you to count to a million? It takes about 11 days. Do you know how long it takes to count to a billion? 31 years. There's a big difference between the two. It would take 10 years to count every person in America. So are there some nutcases out there that are beating people up or whatever? Sure, probably. Out of the 330 million people in America? Yeah, sure. Like I said, there are members of the black Israelites that absolutely hate white people. Definitely, they're out there. Does it make up the majority or even the small minority of the black community? Of course not. What kind of fantasy land does he live in to believe that this is like regular practice, that this is something that typically happens on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, you know, I realize it's anecdotal. Huh.
convenient for him to realize that and then continue on to use it as evidence that there's some kind of a, a schism anyways, despite the fact that he knows that it's anecdotal evidence. It's worthless. Gather real hard data or, or don't bring it at all. And it you know, doesn't give me a, a full picture of what's happening. But every damn day I look on social media and there's some black person beating the shit out of some white person. Okay, I haven't seen that, like I said, 330 million people. But do you think maybe you're seeing all this on your social media because you have put yourself in an echo chamber? How is this not, like, getting through to him? Seriously, how did he not consider all this stuff? Member of Mensa, a self-professed logical thinker and atheist, and he's buying right into this propaganda. Is this real? Does he believe the things that he's saying right now, or is he just using propaganda to convince his gullible audience of his own beliefs? I'm kind of over it. I'm over it. Right. So I, I quit. Absolutely absurd, dude. Absurd from top to bottom. But like I told you, that's not the first absolutely unhinged thing that he said or done in recent years. Late August 2020, this is right in the heart of the presidential campaign, Trump running against Biden. Remember, when going into this, he's an atheist, right? Keep that in mind. Listen to what he had to say about Joe Biden. Uh, as you know, I'm not a believer in um, any kind of religious anything. But I can't help noticing how many satanic coincidences there are with the Joe Biden campaign. And they just have to be mentioned. How no, they don't. Why do they have to be mentioned? He's an atheist. He doesn't believe any of this garbage, and he's going to mention the satanic coincidences anyways. That tells me he knows exactly what he's doing. That tells me he's not an honest actor. He's manipulating people intentionally. Now, I don't believe that about everybody. In fact, I believe this about almost nobody. I believe the best about somebody, even complete scumbags, until they've met an awfully high burden of proof in my opinion. Jehovah's Witness governing body members, I think they're honest actors that have deluded themselves. Scott Adams, Ben Shapiro is another. I think that they know exactly what they're doing and they're propagandizing and manipulating intentionally. That's just me. Let, tell me what you think about it. Keep listening. How many people or entities do you know who prefer to live underground? Entities. I can think of Satan living in hell. So at the time, there was this, you know, propagandistic framing floating around that Biden was hiding in his basement, when in reality, he wasn't hiding in a basement. Like, what were they even talking about? It was because Trump was go doing a whole bunch of rallies right in the middle of COVID, like right at the heart of it. We were entering a wave, and we knew that. Remember, August 2020, COVID had been around for six months, okay? Vaccine wasn't even out yet. Trump is holding rallies still, despite being president and everything already, he decided to hold rallies in preparation for the 2020 campaign or for the 2020 election. And Biden, instead of holding rallies publicly, he was holding drive-in rallies or just no rallies at all because he was looking out for people's safety. So they started this propagandistic framing that he's Biden dwell or he's basement, uh, basement dwelling Biden is what they call him. Basement dwelling Biden, I think. And... 
he's trying to compare that to Satan, apparently. Keep listening. Satan living in hell. And what, who would be another person who prefers to live underground? Imagine a Trump nutcase hearing this and yelling at their screen at the top of their lungs, Biden, with shock in their face as the realization washes over them. Biden, he's just like Satan. Could it be basement dwelling Biden? I only know two people who are famous for living underground. Can you think of even a third one? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's straight up fucking depraved to manipulate people so callously. He's an atheist. He doesn't believe any of this. And he is absolutely shamelessly manipulating people's emotions, building in a fear through superstition. Does it get more depraved than this, honestly? So, but that could be a coincidence, right? I mean, you know, there are coincidences. So if there was anything to this satanic thing, you would see lots of little hints because don't they say that, that Satan, uh, the, his biggest trick is telling you he doesn't exist? So you would, he would be hiding in plain sight, but there would be lots of clues if you were not blinded by the satanic influences. For example, um, what is Joe Biden's uh, slogan? Build back better. How could he possibly build a satanic something or other out of this? Somebody in the chat, Hamoboo, uh, says Scott Adams is actually a creationist, not an atheist. Really? Is that true? It wouldn't surprise me if that were the case because, you know, he lied about helping the black community earlier and all that other stuff. So maybe he is just straight up lying about being an atheist. But I was pretty sure that he was famously an atheist. Now, I think he's an atheist. Uh, somebody suggested that he's a creationist on Reddit a few years ago, but I think he's an atheist. I don't know. It's hard to know for sure, but he, you know what? He claims to be an atheist. He has for a long time. He claimed it in this video, so I'm just going to assume that he's an atheist for the sake of the video. We'll, we'll go with that. Build back better. BBB. Okay. If you were going to imagine... 666, and you wanted to show it to people and disguise it at the same time. Can you think of any letter that the numeral six would fit inside completely? Only capital B. This is very obviously Scott Adams taking advantage of people's pattern recognition, manipulating it shamelessly. This is just straight up wrong, dude. You know, even if he was, like, on my side here, this would be wrong. I don't care whose side he's on. I don't care if he wants you to vote for Trump or Biden or anybody at all. I don't give a shit. This is just wrong. You don't shamelessly manipulate people emotionally like this. I don't care what you believe or who you like or th what you think or whatever. It's wrong. Capital B is the only letter that you could put a six on the inside of it and it would be concealed. Could be a coincidence. Um, how about the name Joe Biden? Well, there, there's no 666 there, right? So. Oh God, this is such a stretch. I remember watching this video. It's ridiculous, dude. And unfortunately, the guy just rambles for like ever. This is like a six minute video. Originally, I had to cut it down as much as I could. Joe is, that's, you know, three letters. Biden is five. Yeah, there's, so there's no symbolism there. 
except I was looking at it a little bit closer. And do you know if you took the capital letter J, just imagine the capital letter J in your mind. Okay, because Joe, right? Now think of the next letter in Joe. It's an O. Now just move in your mind the O to the left until it's on top of the J. It's a backward six. Okay, that's not a six. That's, you know, a J and an O stuck together. I, I don't understand. You could just as easily say it's an upside down nine. It has nothing to do with anything. He is intentionally manipulating people's pattern recognition software in their head to try to make them believe that Biden is satanic or whatever. It's just depraved. So that's the J and the O, the form of backward six. Now suppose the next letter is the, the lowercase e. What does a lowercase e look like? It looks like a lowercase e. If you turn it upside down. Why would you turn it upside down? What does that have to do with anything at all? Well, it looks like a six. So you got the J and the O together. If you combine them, it looks like a backward six. Again, why would I combine them? And why would I flip it around? Like, none of this makes any sense at all. And he knows that. You can't convince me that this dude doesn't know exactly what he's doing. You've got the lowercase e that looks like an upside-down six, but that's just two sixes. Six-six wouldn't mean anything, right? But the next letter is capital B for Biden. And capital B is where you hide your six. So even J-O-E-B is 666. But then you say to yourself, Scott, 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 you can find a pattern in anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how do you explain the rest of the word Biden? Like, you know, it's easy if you just, if you just cherry pick. What is left of the word Biden? If you take out the B, because that's where the six is hiding. What's left of the word Biden are you ready for this? I-D-E-N. I-D-E-N. Meaningless is what it is. It's completely meaningless. Identity. 666. Identity. You know, we're sitting here like laughing at this and pointing out how absolutely absurd it is, but there really are Christians out there who believe this stuff to the bottom of their hearts. With everything in them, they believe this. They buy it. They think he's right. They think he's telling the truth. We've got to call this stuff out, man. That's what Joe Biden's name actually is. 666 Identity. Now, you say to yourself, Scott, you could pick any complicated situation and you could find all these random pat patterns and it. it's been proven a million times. And I say, yeah, it, I, I agree. There, there lot, I'm not saying that he's possessed by Satan. I'm just saying... There are a lot of coincidences. So I'm just putting that out there. Uh, as I said, I'm not a believer. So He went through this whole thing later. Like, I had to cut the clip down a little bit, but he pointed out that Kamala Harris's name has six letters in each, K-A-L-A-M-A, -A -A, or whatever, however you spell it, six letters, and then H-A-R-R-I-S, six letters. Well, that's only two sixes. But if you take Vice President of the United States, V-P-O-T-U-S, that's six more. Just absurd from top to bottom, and he knows that. You cannot convince me that he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. I don't believe in either uh, religion or Satan. I'm just pointing out there's a lot of coincidences going on. That's all. Just a depraved stuff, dude. Does it get more depraved than this? To shamelessly 
blatantly manipulate people emotionally like this, to take advantage of their superstition to convince people to vote for the person you want them to vote for. Like I said, I don't care if the dude is an atheist. I don't care if he's pro-Biden or anti-Biden or what. I don't care. I care about the fact that he's shamelessly manipulating people. It's disgusting. Let me know what you think about the dude in the comments. Tell me if you think the guy knows what he's doing or not. I, you can't convince me he doesn't, in my opinion. I don't have time to read this article, but there's something written by Deadline, Deadline.com. I'm not really familiar with it as like a, a, a newspaper or what, whatever, so I don't know how trustworthy it is. Take it with a grain of salt. But the title is, Dilbert Cartoon Dropped from Many News Outlets Over Creator Scott Adams' Racial Remarks. Newspapers across the country are pulling the Dilbert cartoon after a podcast racial rant from creator and author Scott Adams. Adams said that he wanted to get the hell away from black people, and you should too, basically. The USA Today Network will no longer publish the Dilbert comic due to recent discriminatory comments by its creator. I'm honestly surprised it took him this long. I just showed you an example of the dude shamelessly manipulating people emotionally. And, and this isn't the first racial remark he's made either. I only had time for so many clips here. He's been like this for years and years, okay? Cleveland's The Plain Dealer published a letter from the editor Friday stating that it was not a difficult decision to axe the Adams cartoon. We are not a home for those who espouse racism, the editor wrote. John Heiner of M Live Media in Michigan echoed The Plain Dealer. He wrote in an editorial, We will work quickly to find a replacement that will entertain you and not violate basic standards of decency and respect for others. I can't believe it took people this long to drop him, but that's only three papers. Uh, USA Today is the biggest one, if this is even true. Like I said, take it with a grain of salt, but that seems like good news tentatively if people are actually dropping him. Unfortunately, he still has massive backers. I'm actually recording this the next day because I came across this clip of Scott Adams. Somebody sent it to me addressing the charge that he is a creationist. This answers the question this is a clip from him from uh, four years ago or something like that let's give this a listen and see what he has to say about the claim that he is a creationist i've made some pretty bold predictions yes my prediction was that evolution you know the theory of evolution which i remind you in in the context of science when they say theory theory the word used in the context of science means fact. When you use the word theory in common language, you're talking about something that may or may not be true. But when scientists say it's a, a theory, it means that all the tests, all the, you know, there's a consensus that it's, it's true. This is a really common explanation that atheists have to give constantly. Christian evangelical nutterbutters are always trying to conflate the term theory in a scientific sense with the term theory in a colloquial sense. Colloquially, when we just use the word theory out in the open, whatever, what we really mean is hypothesis in a scientific sense. This dude understands the difference between a theory scientifically and a theory colloquially, which tells me he's at least tangentially involved in the atheist community to some degree. Now, he's claimed to be an atheist his entire life, practically, and I actually believe him. But th like I said, this clip that we're watching here 
is his explanation explains why people accuse him of being a creationist. So keep listening. And I said that evolution would be uh, debunked in my lifetime by science. This is a good example of what he was doing earlier, too. Earlier, he was manipulating religious people's belief in Satan, in religion in general, in superstition. He's manipulating it to his own ends. Now, does he really believe that evolution is going to be debunked by science in his lifetime? I seriously deeply doubt it. This is just him taking advantage of people's superstitions. Now, what happens when you say you predict 15 or 20 years ago? What happened to me when I predicted that evolution would be debunked by science in my lifetime? Well, I was accused of being a creationist and a, an apologist for intelligence, intelligent design. <laughs> now, I'm not a believer, so I'm certainly not a creationist. So I, I don't have any religious belief. Um, but, you know, people take teams, right? So they say, oh, if you're not on our team of evolution, you must be on the team that's a creationist. Well, I... I can see what he's saying here. I get why people would call him a creationist for claiming what he's about to claim, which is a belief in simulation theory. But in my opinion, the guy is just trying to attach himself to a community of people that he likes better than the other community. And he's just using more of that manipulative garbage that he used earlier to take advantage of the people around him, take advantage of their emotions. So we have a, we're at a crossroads at this point. We can either claim that he's a creationist, which I guess is technically true, or we can recognize that he's just manipulating people emotionally. I tend to take him at face value when he says he's not a creationist, as he's about to explain, and just accept that he's manipulating people around him. So for a period of like a decade, every time I did anything in public, anywhere on the internet, trolls would come in to the comment section and say, oh, he's a creationist. He's a creationist and he doesn't believe in the theory of evolution. And therefore we must disbelieve every other thing he's ever said. Yeah, I don't know what that white thing's supposed to be. Is that supposed to be like a beard of some sort? A little uh, Colonel Sanders goatee or what? I don't know. Now I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. When I made that prediction, I was pretty sure that it would be unpopular. <laughs> I was pretty sure that I would get... It's because he's provocative, and he knows he's provocative. By going out there and telling Christians, you know, there are a lot of satanic coincidences. I don't believe in Satan, but it's just a little too on the nose for me to walk away. We have to mention him. By doing that, he's being provocative, and he's taking advantage of people's superstition, okay? I don't care who you are. This is dirty. It's dirty. Of course you're going to be criticized for this. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're going to be criticized when you're very obviously taking advantage of people's feelings and beliefs and emotions so brazenly. Yes. Is it fair to call him a creationist? In my opinion, no. Is it fair to call him manipulative and depraved? Yeah, I would say that's fair. Just willing to go to any lengths to get his way 
even if it means taking advantage of people. Some blowback. Now, I didn't think that people would be so dumb that the blowback would come in the form of accusing me of being a creationist and a, a, a new earth person or something. Young earth creationist, right? He's not the same as a young earth creationist. He is an atheist. He does not believe in a God that, you know, Christian or, or a Muslim God or whatever other thing. He doesn't believe in any of that stuff. He buys into like a simulation theory thing, which we'll get to in a second. But it's not fair to conflate his beliefs with young earth creationism, in my opinion. I didn't think that was going to happen, so that caught me a little off guard. I think today I would have been smarter and maybe seen that coming, but I didn't see it coming at the time. And uh, so uh, I got into it a little bit uh, on Twitter yesterday with somebody who was accusing somebody else of claiming that intelligent design was real. And I mentioned that simulation theory is already, in scientific terms, largely, in my opinion, debunked evolution. Okay, that's absurd on every level. I don't care what your opinion is on this. Either it's debunked evolution or not, and it hasn't. Simulation theory? He's about to explain what it is in a second if you haven't heard of it before, but simulation theory, even if it were true, which there's no reason to think it was, but if it were, wouldn't debunk evolution in any stretch of the imagination. Like, evolution is as he said in the beginning, a scientific theory, which basically in colloquial terms means a fact. The theory of evolution will never be debunked. Now, there may be a, a couple of little pieces of this massive overarching framework that'll be tweaked or corrected or changed here or there a little bit, but the theory of evolution is so completely rock solid, it will never go away. There are too many things that have been unequivocally proven in it. <laughs> Now, I know you hate it. So 75% of the people on here just went, what? So for the few of you who don't know what the simulation theory is, the simulation theory is that if any civilization ever learns to make a simulation, let's say a software simulated world, that, they, that the people in it believe they're real and they act as if they're real, then probably it'll happen a lot of times. And our current civilization is right on the edge of being able to create creatures who live as though they're real, but they're just software simulations. So the idea is that if you could ever have one of those, chances are you'll have lots of them. So the odds of being the original species is very, very low, you know, maybe one in a billion. And the odds of us being one of the copies made by the original, or here's the fun part, copies made by the copies, because the, the, the simulated world would be fully functional and they could program their own simulations within it. So it could be nested simulations. Yeah, so that's simulation theory in a nutshell. The problem with it is that it's built on assumptions that are built on assumptions that are built on assumptions. Now, you can come up with mathematical ideas that are completely structurally sound, but are based in total fiction. Just because it's mathematically sound does not mean that it's actual, real reality. You have to find some piece of hard evidence before you believe something. You know, string theory is misnamed a theory, in my opinion, because it suffers from the same problem that simulation theory suffers from. 
no hard evidence. Yeah, string theory is so completely structurally sound mathematically that we can build out these ideas and predict things and everything else with it, but there's no evidence, literally none. We can't find a scrap of evidence to prove this. You know why? Because it's too, like, the strings are too small. It's too abstract to be able to find evidence. So string theory may or may not ever be proved, but it's misnamed a theory. It's a hypothesis, not a theory. An incredibly well-formed out hypothesis, but a hypothesis nonetheless. Just like simulation theory, it's not a theory. It's a hypothesis. Now, it may be structurally, mathematically, physically sound, just like string theory, but it doesn't mean it has any more evidence for it than anything else. It's conjecture, at best. So the math of that is so compelling, meaning that uh, it's so extraordinarily unlikely that we're an original species, that people as smart as Elon Musk um, you know, Naval, Ravikant, got it. Yeah, this is 2018. This is before Musk had his complete reputational destruction that he suffered from. But there is no reason to respect the guy as much as everybody did. Certainly not by 2018. I think he'd revealed himself by then. Guys like this, some of the smartest people you've ever met in your life, and you know, a number of, I don't know how many, but at least some physicists were serious. Uh, Nick Bostrom, I think. So uh, somebody says, that's insane, Scott. It's not insane, it's just math. Look, I mean, I can build out this whole idea about a fire-breathing dragon that's invisible and jumps through portals to hide himself from everybody when they walk in the room. And that's technically structurally sound. It explains everything. I don't ever see him because he jumps through portals. I can't touch him I, I don't need to feed him because he's eating in some other dimension and i can claim that he even created us mathematically structurally sound but there isn't a shred of evidence for it that's the problem here hell you can even find compelling reasons to believe it there are so many dimensions out there so many different universes that mathematically it's unlikely even, that a dragon would not exist that could jump through dimensions like that. I mean, it doesn't matter how much mathematical probability you add to this. The fact is, you don't know what the mathematical probabilities are because you don't know what the variables are. You don't know how many multiverses there are out there. You don't, how, you don't know how many universes there are out there. You don't know how many dragons there could possibly be out there. You know, he's building assumption upon assumption upon assumption. It doesn't matter how mathematically sound it is you don't have a shred of evidence. It's math that's based on two things that we can, we can see are completely um, true. Now so the bottom line here is that, in my opinion, simulation theory has just as, you know, this, is even, this isn't even an opinion. Simulation theory has just as much evidence for it as the Christian God has, which is zero. You can build up this whole belief system with all these variables attached to it, and it can be internally consistent from belief to belief to belief. But in the end, there is absolutely no reason to believe any of this stuff because there isn't a shred of evidence backing it up. Is he a creationist? In my opinion, no. I don't think he's a creationist. But I do think 
he takes advantage of people's religious beliefs and superstitions on a regular basis, which makes him a scumbag, but not a creationist. I don't know. Let me know what you think about it. Next, we're going to talk about the absolute moral pit that Lauren Boebert and prosperity preacher Andrew Womack have dug for themselves. Boebert is literally praying for Biden's death while Andrew Womack is stealing money from the poor. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check me out on Patreon. You can also subscribe to my email list to keep up with what I'm doing and get free, uncensored, ad-free versions of my content. All links can be found in the description or on my website, ocmorgan.com. And I said, give it to me. And she said, all of it. And I said, all of it. And I took my hands like this. And I took every penny that that woman had. She said that she wasn't going to get paid for a week. And she didn't have groceries. And I said, give me all of it. Does it get more depraved than this? Seriously. This is a typical televangelist, right? I bet you think I'm taking this out of context, don't you? Let's watch the context. Let's watch this. If you're unfamiliar with this guy, this is Andrew Womack. He's close friends with Kenneth Copeland, and he has a, a TV show, like a, a televangelist show, during the day on Kenneth Copeland's TV network, on cable TV, the Victory Network. He wants you to think that he's a prosperity believer, which means he wants you to send him your money, and in turn, he claims God will give you money back through mysterious ways, tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. You give him $10, God will send you a thousand. That's the idea behind the belief, and it's just predatory garbage, honestly. So let's talk about this guy. Let's talk about the moral pit that he's found himself in. And in a minute, when we're done talking about this moral pit, we're going to talk about some of the close friends that he has. He, he said a prayer with Lauren Boebert, or more accurately, Boebert went to his church held a public event there as a member of Congress, and prayed with him. That's not the only disturbing prayer Lauren Boebert's given. We'll get to that, too, in a minute. But listen to what Womack has to say here. This is the full context of him saying he took money from this impoverished woman. When you receive an offering, people think, well, you're just wanting money for yourself. You know, I don't care whether you give or not. God's going to take care of me, I promise you. My needs are bigger than what you can meet. I have to have, I just figured out this week, I have to have $11,000 an hour, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. Okay, so I, I covered this on my Unfiltered channel, Telltale Unfiltered, a little while back. And I did the math on this when he said that. And it, it basically comes out to like $100 million a year. You're telling me that this guy owes a hundred million dollars per year for the operation he runs i'm sorry that's a little far-fetched for me i don't know I'm, I'm just not sure i can buy that but okay keep listening you are not my source your mom's my source god is my source but you need to give you need to participate i was ministering on this exact passage of scripture in greg's church and there was a woman that came up during the all uh during the altar call and she said do you remember me and i didn't remember her but it she she reminded me that the previous year dude is this guy a giant or is this bible really really tiny which one is it this is like such a small bible I mean, not for nothing but look at how big my bible is this thing's a chonker right is it just me or is that bible like way too tiny he must be a beta only alphas have big bibles right 
she was let out of a mental institution to come to church on a Sunday. Talking about some random woman, okay? And I prayed with her, and her desire was that she could be set free from that mental institution. So I prayed with her, and when I came back the next year, she was, she was no longer a patient. And so she came up and said, do you remember me? And I didn't remember her. And she says, they let me out, but I'm the janitor at this mental institution. And she had a room that was supplied to her, so she was still in the nut house. Is any of this even true? Is this story true? I seriously, deeply doubt it. But let's just, you know, for, for the sake of good, good faith, let's take him at his word and assume that some of this is true for the moment, for the sake of argument, right? So this woman is destitute, has nothing, right? Working at a mental institution as a janitor and is so impoverished that she has to live in one of the rooms there. Doesn't have a penny to her name, basically. Okay, go on. And she said, I want a different job and a different place to live so that I can get out of there. And she says, I need some money. And I had just taught on this passage of scripture that I shared with you. So I said, what do you have? And she made the connection. She knew what I was going to do. So yeah, it sounds to me like she was asking for help, right? She was asking this guy to contribute in some way. That's what churches are supposed to do in Republicans' eyes, which this guy is a Republican. He's deeply involved in politics, too. He says, there should be no welfare programs. We shouldn't have Medicaid or Medicare or Social Security. We shouldn't have... CHIP, you know, children's health insurance. We shouldn't have food stamps. We shouldn't have any of it. People should rely on their local churches. And if they don't have a local church, well, then they'll just die. Simple as that. Takes care of a couple problems that way, right? In his mind, at least. So someone comes to his church and asks him for help. This is the model that he believes in. And what's he do? She went and got her purse, and she had a little coin purse, and she counted it out, and it was something like $78.35, something like that. And I said, give it to me. And she said, all of it? And I said, all of it. And I took my hands like this, and I took every penny that that woman had. She said that she wasn't going to get paid for a week, and she didn't have groceries. And I said, give me all of it. And I know many of you think, typical preacher. Yeah, wow. He read my mind. You and your ministry are a leech on society, Andrew Womack. This, does it get more depraved than this? Honestly, this is bad. You know, he wants to build a system where there are no welfare programs because God will take care of everybody. So he puts a church in place with money flowing between himself and the members of the church, right? Except... In his plan that he outlines to the world, money's flowing from the church to the people. In reality, the money is only flowing from the people to the church. No other direction. This is about as depraved as it gets, dude. <laughs> people laughing at this. But you know what happened? Greg called me the next week, and it turned out that that was on a Sunday morning. On Monday, a person who didn't go to that church, didn't know what was happening, gave her a car. It wasn't a brand new car, but it was a good car. And just get Notice that the information that he's giving us is like second or even third hand now, right? Somebody, his friend, told him that somebody else gave another person a car. 
Like, how many degrees of separation out are we now? Has any of this been verified? And not only is all of this unverified, but he is flat out saying that somebody gave her a car because he took her money. The reason is because her money was in his pocket. This is as predatory as it gets. This is bad. Gave her a car. And on Wednesday, her mother had kind of been estranged from her since she was having these mental problems and had not contacted her in a long period of time. And out of the blue, she just called on Wednesday. And the lady told her that she had been released from the hospital for a year and that she was now doing good. And the mother apologized and said, would you move back in with me? So she got her place to live, plus got her relationship with her mother restored. And by Friday, she had a job that was paying her twice as much as she was making in the mental institution. And this is all because he took her money, right? That's the implication here. No, it's not even an implication. That's what he's saying. That's the bottom line behind this story. This is just wrong, dude. This is straight up wrong. That's prosperity gospel for you. That's what these people believe. Kenneth Copeland in 1974, okay? 1974, what is that? That's 60 years ago now. Wrote this book called The Laws of Prosperity. The Laws of Prosperity. I'm reading it right now on my Telltale Reads YouTube channel. It, the first one releases soon, if you haven't seen it. It's pretty interesting. And that's what it's all about. It's all about how if you give Kenneth Copeland your money, then you will get rich. I know, it's an ass-backwards plan, but he swears it works. Just absurd. Absolutely absurd on every level. People's lives are being changed. This is fertile ground. And if you need the power of God, the blessing of God in your life, this is a good place to plant seed. And I promise you, if you do it, it'll come back to you a hundredfold in this life. And when we get to heaven, there won't be a single one of you come up to me and say, I wished you hadn't have encouraged me to give that money. I wished I'd have bought another flat screen TV. I wished I'd have had more of this. No, you're gonna come up and hug me and kiss me and thank me and thank me for getting this money out of your pocket. Because it's only what you give away that you get to keep. Such an ass backwards belief system, dude. And I just like, I don't understand how people bought into this. How did they fall for this? It's like at this point, he could convince anybody of anything. Just absurd on every level. Absurd, predatory nonsense. So I'm encouraging you tonight to be generous and to sow because you're sowing into your future. I bet. Absolutely. Yeah, that checks out. You're giving to me. You are sending your money to my pocket, but that's going to benefit you. Absolutely. When you give. Just, just depraved stuff, dude. Absolutely wrong. Well, as I said earlier, Bobert showed up at his church a while back. This is mid-September 2021 to pray over him. So I, I take this as a tacit endorsement by Bobert and by Andrew Womack, of each other's belief systems, of each other's ideals, right? They're working together, they're praying together, they're mixing audiences and all that other stuff. Let's see what she had to say at Andrew Womack's church. By the way, getting involved in politics like this, that's supposed to be a vi or that is a violation of the law. That's supposed to have people's tax-exempt status removed. But the IRS is not charging those cases right now. They're not prosecuting those cases. So Andrew Womack knows that he's perfectly free to 
bring politicians in, preach on political issues, endorse politicians directly, and he's not going to face any repercussions for it. Listen to what Boebert had to say at his church here. And I thank you, Lord, that those men and women that have lost their lives in the name of freedom, the 13 that were just lost in Afghanistan. Okay, this was right when Biden was trying to pull out of Afghanistan, which is a fantastic idea, by the way. I'm so glad that he did that. And there was an attack on the soldiers as they were withdrawing. I think that was an attempt to keep America in Afghanistan. It didn't work, but yeah, it was a uh, culture war issue that the right picked up on. To try to destroy Biden, of course, because that's all they're interested in. God, you know exactly what those parents are feeling. Because, God, you know what it's like to lose a son. Wait, if God knows everything and is capable of doing anything, does God know what it's like to lie? I mean, he's supposedly capable of anything, but simultaneously incapable of lying, right? If he knows what everything feels like, if he knows every experience, does God know what it's like to kiss a man? Does he know what that experience is like? Just saying, there are a few little contradictions and paradoxes to point out here. That's all. To lose a son, God, you will be glorified in all... Oh, and um, by the way, I, one more thing here. You know what it's like to lose a son. No, he doesn't. God knew, it, it, according to the story... He knew that Jesus was coming back a few days later. It's like Jesus going on a vacation. Okay, he didn't know what it was like to lose a son. Not really. A son that you will never see again for the rest of eternity, ever. That's what it's like to lose a child, to know that they're gone forever and you will never see them again. Or hell, even if you believe in heaven and hell and all that stuff, knowing that you won't see your son for at least another 50 years, that's loss. That's pain. God knew Jesus was coming back, according to the story. That doesn't, uh, God had no idea what it was like to lose a son, unless he also knows what it's like to kiss a man. God, you will be glorified in all 50 state capitals. I plead the blood of Jesus over those state legislatures, over the governors. God, convict their hearts. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over the United States Capitol building. I plead the blood of Jesus over... Okay, what is it with people wiping blood on things? Please don't wipe blood on anything. Don't take a bath in it. Don't boil lambs in it. Don't wipe it on things. Don't drink it. Don't... Nothing, okay? No blood, please. I don't understand what this bizarre obsession is with blood and drinking it and touching it, all right? It's gross. Don't plead it on anything, whatever the hell that means. I plead the blood of Jesus over the White House and over the Pentagon. God, I've been in the House chambers and the Senate chambers pleading the blood over each and every seat. Please don't do that. Every row in that building, God. And I have felt your presence in that place. And I know that you are working. Okay, so yeah, that was Bo Bear and her weird little disturbing appearance at Andrew Womack's church. This is the definition of church and state melding together, right? Pastors not only endorsing politicians, but telling them what to do, telling them how to vote. You know that there's a, a religious organization gets tax-exempt status as a church 
called the Family Research Council, FRC, run by a, go- run by a guy named Tony Perkins. He shouldn't get tax-exempt status, honestly, because he claims to have a house of worship and hold services publicly when he doesn't. This is investigated. He doesn't have public services and stuff like that. So he just straight up lied to the IRS. But does he get his tax-exempt status removed? Of course not. Anyway, there's this group out there called the FRC, Family Research Council, and they actually write legislation to give to congressmen. As a religious organization, They, it's basically a right-wing think tank that writes legislation to pass through the hands of congressmen to pass in the House or the Senate or whatever else. That is the beginnings of a theocracy. That's what that is. That is the the early stage of religious leaders taking control of the government. And here's an even clearer example of Lauren Boebert or of religious figures and politicians blurring that line between church and state intentionally. You want to hear something even more disturbing? Check this one out. This is a prayer that Lauren Boebert gave not too long ago at a public event, February 7th, 2023. For the record, she did this exact same thing that we're about to listen to um, the previous June. She's been doing this for a while. Listen to what she had to say at this event. Glory to God. Well, I wasn't going to go there. I Praise the Lord. I hope that blesses somebody. But I... I do want you to know I pray for our president. Psalm 109.8 says, May his days be few and another take his office. She literally just prayed for Joe Biden's death. May his days be few. Now, as far as Psalm 109.8, is that what she said? Psalm 109.8 goes... Psalms was the Jewish hymnal. It was the songbook. Okay, this wasn't meant to give prophecy. This isn't something that was intended to be read to guide you in your life. You know what else the book of Psalms talks about? Here's Psalm 137.9. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. But do they follow this verse? Do they use this to form out their belief systems and pray for certain things and not for others like she's doing with Psalm 109.8? Of course not, because it's it's nonsense, all of it, okay? Especially the book of Psalms. You should not be using the book of Psalms as like a, a religious guide or whatever. It was just their songbook. And there's some real whacked out disturbing shit in there too, for what it's worth. For what it's worth though, let's look this up. Psalm 109, she said verse 8. So let's just read a couple of verses surrounding it. Try to get the context here. Context doesn't matter. She shouldn't be using this as her guide unless she also wants to dash babies' heads against rocks. But you know what? Let's give her the benefit of the doubt here. Psalm 109, 1. Hold not thy peace, O God, of my praise. Remember, this is a Jewish songbook. That's why it's structured this way. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the... And the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They compassed me about also with words of hatred and fought against me without cause. For my love, they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. And they've rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set thou a wicked man over him and let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few, let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. So it sounds like she's picked out one of those verses that's like deeply disturbing and depraved. 
and just morally wrong, advocating for somebody's death and hoping that harm comes to them. And she's picked this up as like her anthem, as her her rallying cry, her ballad that she's going to play for everybody around. She picks out the verses that are hateful and bigoted and vicious and runs with it. That's Lauren Boebert for you. You know what? That's Andrew Womack for you too. If he's not taking money from someone's pocket, he's attacking somebody over something stupid. This is from 2021. He doesn't get a pass on this. Listen to what he had to say about the trans community. You know, this is something that's very politically incorrect and will be, uh, a lot of people will find this to be upsetting, but I tell you, the things that are happening in our nation, it is a doctrine of the devil. Mm. It's not just people with a different opinion. It's not just some people have a different uh, take on things. It is literally doctrines of the devil. So Satan is coming in and influencing things to wreck what God wanted it to be. Okay, go on. They are taking children as young as four and five years old and telling them that you were born in the wrong body. You're No, they're not. This is completely made up. This is not happening. Body. You're actually a woman in a man's body or a man in a woman's body, and they are surgically altering them and giving them hormone blocks. No, completely made up. All of it. Four and five years old, is that what he said? This is not happening, okay? Now, is he an honest actor that really believes this stuff and is just misinformed about it? Or is he intentionally setting out to deceive people? It's really hard to tell sometimes with people like this. But this guy specifically, I think he knows what he's doing. You can't convince me that he really believes in prosperity gospel. You can't tell me that he believes that if you give him your last $78 that you're going to get all this other stuff. You're going to get a new car and all that. He knows what he's doing. He must. You, I don't know how he couldn't. And stuff. I'm telling you, this is not just a different opinion, somebody that has a little different way of looking at things. It is a doctrine of demons. No, it's fake. It's fabricated out of the ether. It's nonsense. All of it. Is there a moral bottom to these people, to Lauren Boebert? To Andrew Womack, do they have a moral bottom? Is there anything that they wouldn't do for a dollar? Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about Trump pastor Shane Vaughn's bizarre take on the world. You won't believe the conspiracy theory he built about Easter. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check me out on Patreon. You can also subscribe to my email list to keep up with what I'm doing and get free, uncensored, ad-free versions of my content. All links can be found in the description or on my website, ocmorgan.com. You are being called to the Garden of America to pull out the weeds of liberalism, to pull out the disease of democracy, and to restore the walls of the republic. This is Pastor Shane Vaughn. He is a Trump pastor if I've ever seen one. He believes that Trump is the new messiah. I'm not being hyperbolic with that. I'm not twisting his words or taking him out of context. That is his stated belief. Trump is the second coming of Jesus. He doesn't think Jesus and Trump are the same being. He thinks that the Son of Man was a different character listed in the Bible. He's going to be the one that comes back and sparks Armageddon into place and all that other stuff. 
and he thinks that America is the new Israel. I just want to give you some ideas of what this guy believes because he gets involved in politics a lot. And I'm not just doing like a nut picking thing here. He's pretty well known in right wing circles. He's not a nobody. So when I heard him talking about John Fetterman, the congressman from or the senator, I think the new senator from Pennsylvania, I knew I had to talk about it. Listen to what he had to say about this here. Mid-February 2023, the context is John Fetterman, congressman from, or senator from Pennsylvania, suffered a stroke about, a, what, a year ago? or I, I'm not even sure how long ago now. It's been a while. He's still recovering, but he seems to be doing okay. He checked himself into Walter Reed Hospital with depression because apparently depression is a really common symptom of dealing with recovery from a stroke. It, just clinical depression, this happens. So he checked himself in, inpatient, and Walter Reed, respectable. Glad he did it. What did Shane Vaughn, Trump pastor, have to say about it? You know it's depraved. So Fetterman, y'all know uh, Uncle, Uncle Fester. Now I take, I'm, I'm not glad he's in the hospital. Don't ever think that, I'll never get that low. Oh, really? You won't get that low, huh? Interesting, because I have about, uh, let's see, five minutes worth of examples of you getting that low that we're about to watch. Keep listening. But I do think that he had mental health problems way before. Just look at him and his wife together and you'll know something's not right. Uh, well, how can you possibly deduce that he's got mental health problems from a picture of himself and his wife next to each other? What? What does that mean? Notice what he said there, though. I think he had mental health problems long before now. I.e., he has no fucking clue anything about the guy or his life. For all we know, Fetterman had never had a mental health issue in his entire life, and even if he did, so what? Who cares? I guess that makes him a beta, right? He's a beta rather than an alpha if he has mental health problems that he has to deal with. Because Shane Vaughn is the pinnacle of mental health, right? It's not right. Satan used him to, 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 to take that election and to keep the Senate. And now that Satan's done with him, now we send him to the mental nut house. He just checked himself in for being crazy. No, 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 no. He checked himself in because he had clinical depression, which is a common symptom after recovering from a stroke or while recovering from a stroke. That doesn't mean anything that or that has nothing to do with like being crazy, quote unquote, or any of that stuff. You know, there's this stigma behind depression that is really, really sad. It's really sad to know that this stigma exists, that people won't get the help that they need because they're afraid of being stigmatized like this. Like, just get help. And, you know, this is another misconception about depression right here. The idea that you can't be depressed if your life is going well, it has nothing to do with how well your life is going. It has nothing to do with what's happening in your life, honestly. Clinical depression commonly uh, might be sparked by something that happened in your life, but doesn't have to be. This is not just being sad. This is a problem a lot of people deal with and they refuse to admit or work with anybody to resolve. If you have depression, work on it with somebody. Talk to somebody about it. You don't have to feel this way. This is not a necessity. It's not more alpha to struggle through this alone. So Shane Vaughn says he would never go that low, huh? Okay, 
Let's talk about some of the things that he's said in the past. Let's see how low this guy will go. Early January 2022, just a, a year and a month before this last video that we watched. Listen to what he had to say about Black Lives Matter. BLM does not seek peace. It seeks war. It does not seek understanding. It seeks tyranny. It's completely made up, of course. Now, the real question is, is he making this up? Is he fabricating this narrative about Black Lives Matter? Or is he getting this from somebody? In my opinion, I believe, again, just an opinion. I think that this guy believes most of what he says, almost all of it, but in an effort to convince other people of what he believes, he's willing to take the extra step to twist things just a little bit, to lie just a little. Jehovah's Witnesses have a policy about this too. It's called theocratic warfare. Lying, cheating, manipulating, stealing, whatever. It's all justified as long as it's in service to the greater good, which is furthering the goals of the Watchtower Society or of the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses. In my opinion, I think Shane Vaughn has a similar... I mean, Shane Vaughn has said that he has a similar idea about things. In my opinion, he implements that worldview in his everyday life. BLM is demons! And you tell them I said so. Give them my mailing address, P.O. Box 2757. Okay, that was a cheap way of uh, spreading his P.O. Box to his fans. Just tell him your P.O. Box if you want him to know it. Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. Of course he's in Mississippi. 39521. You demon spirit called BLM, I curse you in the name of Yeshua the Messiah for what you have done in the United States of America. You Nephilim demon spirit, shut down your demands. America will not succeed or accede to your tyranny. What tyranny? What demands is he even talking about? Black Lives Matter, the movement, not the organization necessarily, but the movement has only ever struggled and fought for equality. They've protested for fairness in society. Now, I know they have a bad reputation. That's due in part because people like Shane Vaughn come out here and lie about them on a regular basis. And the other part is because the organization Black Lives Matter is absolutely terrible, in my opinion. Predatory is probably a better word. They're just, you know, they kind of take advantage of people. I I'm just not a fan of the organization, but that's neither here nor there. What tyranny are they implementing in everyday life? What thing are they trying to coerce people into doing? It's completely made up, all of it. But he wouldn't make something up, would he? He wouldn't lie about something he would never go that low would he we will not surrender to your demands why because no demand they ever make will satisfy their demon minds okay so what what are black lives matter demands what are they demanding quote unquote i don't actually know exactly is there a list of demands okay this is the black lives matter website i believe uh, and this appears to be a list of demands, BLM demands. Convict and ban Trump from future political office, number one. Wow, th this may actually be the thing that caught his attention and really got him upset. Rejoining Rep. Ilhan Omar 
Ayanna Presley, Cori Bush, Jamal Bowman, and others who are demanding Trump be immediately convicted in the United States Senate. Trump must also be banned from holding elected office in the future. I love it. I'm, I'm a fan. Of course, Trump has to be the political leader of the United States if he's to be the Messiah, because there's a bit, there's this bit in the Bible about the Son of Man, which is the Messiah, having to take political office. He has to take political office before he can bring about the end and fulfill his role as the Messiah. So Trump isn't the political leader of the United States anymore, which Shane Vaughn believes to be the new Israel. He thinks America is the new Israel. The Bible says the Messiah will take political control of Israel and then bring about the end. Well, Shane Vaughn thinks America is the new Israel and Trump is the new Messiah for new Israel. But if he doesn't have political control, he can't be the new Messiah. That's how his whole belief system works. Number two, expel Republican members of Congress who attempted to overturn the election and incited a white supremacist attack. I love it. I love it, dude. These demands are fantastic. Number three, launch a full investigation into the ties between white supremacy and the Capitol Police, law enforcement, and the military. Holy shit, dude. I agree with all of these so far. This is great. Permanently ban Trump from all digital media platforms. Okay, I'm not a fan of that one. He's always used his digital media platforms recklessly and irresponsibly to spread lies and disinformation. Now it's clearer than ever that his digital media is also used to incite violence and promote its continuation. He must be stopped from encouraging the mob and further endangering our communities even after inauguration. I guess I can see the point there. Um, like maybe Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever should ban him from their platforms. I can see that. Sure. But banning him from the internet or something? I don't know. That's... I'm not a fan of that one, but okay. Either way, uh, you know, what were these seven? One out of six so far isn't too bad. So let's keep looking here. Defund the police. The police that met our BLM protesters this summer with assault rifles, tear gas, and military-grade protective gear were the same police that on Wednesday met white supremacists with patience and the benefit of the doubt, going so far as to pose for selfies with rioters. This is actually true. The contrast was jarring. But not for black people. We have always known who the police truly protect and serve. D.C. has the most police per capita in the country. More funding is not the solution. Well, I agree with the sentiment. I think I disagree with the solution, though, defunding. I think we should put more money into funding programs to expand diversity, to expand training so that they are better informed on the communities that they're policing. There are a billion useful ways to use more funding to improve the police departments and defunding them i don't think solves that problem but i'm with them on the sentiment don't let the coup be used as an excuse to crack down on our movement i can agree with that that's fantastic that's kind of an ambiguous demand but i'm all for it and number seven pass the breathe act never heard of it the police were born out of slave patrols. We can Well, I mean, police have existed since long before slave patrols have existed, I think. There were slave patrols back in the day. I guess I'll go with that. We cannot reform an institution built upon white supremacy. We need a new radical approach to public safety and community investment. Okay, it sounds like they're saying just get rid of police entirely. I'm not actually a fan of that. We need police. The institution needs to exist as a concept. However, you know, police are deeply seated with 
white supremacists and oath keepers and three percenters and complete nutcases. So I can agree with that. We need a new radical approach to public safety and community investment. President Biden has already drawn on the Breathe Act in his executive actions calling for radical equity screens in federal programs, investing in environmental justice at historic levels, and engaging with system-impacted communities. The Breathe Act paints a vision of a world where black lives matter through investments in housing, education, health, and environmental justice. Okay, uh, I, I, I'm not super clear on what the Breathe Act is, but just based on what I read here, it sounded good. So... One out of seven I, I had a problem with. Like, can this guy not find anything good about this list? Anything at all, Shane Vaughn? Is he really, like, refusing to even, like, think about it? Even process these ideas? Harsher punishments for police caught abusing their authority. Oh, absolutely. Any punishment. You know, if, if a police officer abuses his authority to any degree, he's fired from the force and prosecuted. I would, I would love to see prosecution for that. Make justice swift f against the police to keep them in line. Anyway, let's keep listening. So he, he thinks BLM is demons. And my guess is because of the top one right here, convict and ban Trump from future political office. I think that's the one he's got a real problem with here. Again, Trump can't be the Messiah if he's not in political office. He needs him to be, you know, the president or whatever. If this went through then it would mean he's not the Messiah. He can't fulfill his duties as the Messiah. Thus, Shane Vaughn thinks that that demons are backing Black Lives Matter. I My guess is that's like the, the line of thinking that he's doing here. God bless America, the greatest nation on the face of planet Earth, and we will never, ever surrender to these demon powers called Black Lives matters. You demons from hell, go back to the roach pit from whence you came, saith the Lord. That's just wrong, dude. This is simply, deeply wrong. I know that he's specifically talking about Black Lives Matter, very specifically like the organization believes that it's, I don't know, demon-possessed or something, but to refer to them as like roaches from a roach pit is just... This guy's got problems, dude. Does it get lower? He says he'd never go as low as to, you know, wish hurt or death or pain on one of his political enemies. Well, you know, I feel like we're kind of listening to that right now, right? I mean, just to give you a better idea of the guy's political positions, let me play the clip that I had from the very beginning of this video, the intro clip. Listen to what he said early September 2021. This is the whole thing in context. Do you know God's favorite job is a gardener? Adam was a gardener. You No, I think he was just a namer fella, a fella that went around naming animals, right? I don't remember him being considered a gardener. You are being called to the Garden of America to pull out the weeds of liberalism, to pull out the disease of democracy, and to restore the walls of the republic, and to rebuild the hedges of holiness, and to place within this nation the hedgerows of the law of God, the rule of law, and the rule of this great republic. Okay, so tell me that this guy is not saying he wants a dictatorship. That's what he's saying, right? Listen again, just to this one little sliver here. 
garden of America to pull out the weeds of liberalism, to pull out the disease of democracy, and to restore the walls of the republic. Okay, so that line right there, like when he says pull out the disease of democracy, like a favorable interpretation of that, I could see being something like he's saying you need to remove the disease from democracy not remove democracy which is a disease right but the fact that he said restore the republic immediately after tells me that he really does want to remove democracy there's an argument that pretty much solely exists on the right about whether or not America is a democracy. Is this a democracy or is it a republic that we live in, a constitutional republic? The answer actually is it's both. It's a democratic republic. So there are things that we vote on democratically, direct democracy. And then there are some things that we elect representatives in to vote on for us. It's not strictly a republic the way that he's describing. It's not strictly a democracy. But he's saying he wants to remove democracy from the equation, right? I am I mishearing what he's saying? Am I misinterpreting? He just said democracy is a disease, and he wants to replace it with something that is not democracy. Now, I happen to know this guy and his beliefs, and I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that Donald Trump is his god emperor. That's how he views him. He believes him to be the Messiah. I can't help but wonder if he is sitting here rooting for Donald Trump to take over political power in the United States by force or like against the law or whatever. He wants to root out the disease of democracy and install Trump as a dictator, it seems to me. You know, I, I've mentioned this a few times that he believes Trump is a messiah, but I haven't actually provided evidence for it. So let me just provide that evidence real quick. This clip isn't really relevant to what we're talking about, but it establishes his view on Donald Trump. So listen to this. This is from 2022. It's August, mid-August 2022. Trump carries the prophetic seal of the calling of God. He is Joseph. If you are anointed by Yahweh for a specific plan and purpose, you are a Messiah. Need a little silence to think about that one, okay? He's rubbing his face. Yahshua was the Messiah of mankind, but Donald Trump is the Messiah of America. Remember what I told you? America is the new Israel. Trump is the new Messiah of new Israel. There's your evidence. I mean, I have like 15 clips of him saying this. So that's not the only one by any stretch of the imagination. I just wanted to give you a little evidence for what I was claiming there. Wouldn't go that low, right? Check this out. Mid-November 2021, he's about to lay a conspiracy theory on us about Easter. It gets bizarre. Listen to this. And they would take one child and sacrifice that child to Baal. And then they would take the eggs and dye it in the blood yeah. of that child. Okay, uh, what is he talking about? You got me. He's describing the origin story of Easter in his head, apparently. That's where dying Easter eggs comes from. No, literally no to all of that. That's why the official Easter egg color is red 
Go is this even true? at the White House Easter egg every year. It's ruby red, the color of the blood of the children. Is any of this even true? Like, all of this sounds made up. I mean, I'm talking the granular stuff, like the color of the Easter egg at the White House. Is it is it red every year? What? You know, let's find out. Uh, White House official Easter egg. Let's just look up White House official Easter egg. Do they even have an official Easter egg? No, I don't... I don't think they even have an official Easter egg. They have a an Easter egg hunt, an Easter egg roll, apparently, whatever the hell that is. What's he talking about? An official Easter egg of the White House. What? Wow, dude. I'm just looking this up. Listen to, listen to this. Although eggs in general were a traditional symbol of fertility and rebirth, in Christianity, for the celebration of Eastertide, Easter eggs symbolize the empty tomb of Jesus from which Jesus was resurrected. And the reason it was colored red traditionally to symbolize Jesus's blood. This guy just completely made this shit up whole cloth beginning to end. It was made up all of it. Is that surprising to anybody? Doesn't go that low. He says he just makes shit up whole cloth. Where did it all, where did any of this come from? This isn't something that he researched, something that he looked up, that he wanted to find out the origins. He didn't go through old books. He didn't go to the library to figure out what the origins were. He didn't ask experts. If he had, he would have found the answer that I just found, which is from this old book called The Guardian, volume 29, written in 1878. If he had done the most cursory, basic amount of research, that's what he would have discovered. But guess what? He didn't. So where did all this come from? His head. He made it up. The color of the blood of the children. Eggs are the symbol of what? The, the resurrection. That's why I told you this story is a sex story. No, it's the symbol of resurrection. I guess rebirth. Or it, I guess you could say it's the story of birth more specifically. You know, chickens come from eggs. Life comes out of eggs. Jesus came out of the tomb. Yeah, originally there were symbols that existed before Christianity co-opted them, but Christianity came in and took on these symbols. Same with Christmas, you know. The tree has a different meaning because Christianity came in and adopted it and changed it and worked it around their culture. Emily Sigmund, and Easter is a European pagan tradition. Baal is from the Middle East and North Africa. Good point. Baal was actually, you, you guys remember reading about the Canaanites from the Bible? Canaanites lived in the same area as the Jews at the time. Baal was one of the many gods that the Canaanites worshipped. Baal is mentioned, um, I think, once or twice in the Bible or something like that. The head god who created all of the others in the Canaanite pantheon was El, the gods he created, collectively known as the Elohim. But that's a story for another day. Shane Vaughn is mixing all of these ridiculous stories together and has absolutely no idea what he's talking about, of course. Just making this stuff up whole cloth. Yeah, right. People get so uncomfortable when I say it, but you don't get comfortable. That's because it's a lie. Comfortable when you celebrate it. You just don't. That's right. I love the people in the background. That's right. There were like 16 people all saying that's right in succession. You just don't want the truth coming in your face. That's what she said. Oh, line me up perfectly for that one. You want to hide behind it. Eggs is all about uh, having babies. 
And we know what makes that. The whole religion of Satan is... Oh, I was going to say your mom. Okay. Perversion. And God's Holy Ghost Church is right in there with him. Churches and did you guys hear that in the background? Listen closely. I'm gonna amplify this. I may have to cut this word out. They got the holy homos, that's what they Dude, these people are nothing if not hateful and bigoted and vengeful. And they will lie and lie and lie at any cost. They'll just make things up right off the top of their heads. Just depraved stuff, man. Churches in this town, every one of them, Easter egg hunting their children's out there, rolling them bunch of eggs, celebrating the sexuality. That's not what they're celebrating. Even if that were the origins of Easter, which it's not, but if it were, that's not what they're celebrating. No, it's a symbol of Christianity. It's a symbol of rebirth, a symbol that Jesus walked out of the tomb and all that junk. He is just obsessed with formulating a conspiracy theory around this. This is like a QAnon-level conspiracy theory that we're listening to right now. This is unhinged stuff. I don't know, man. This guy has deep problems, and it's, it's just disgusting, some of the stuff he says. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. I just think it's wrong. For what it's worth, this guy actually got arrested for insurance fraud. He was, uh, I think, like a life insurance salesman, and he stole a bunch of people's, like, social security numbers and, like, lied about a bunch. I don't even remember the story. Don't quote me on any of that. It could be incorrect. I, I don't remember. Just Google Shane Vaughn mugshot, and it'll take you straight to, like, all the information on these news websites about why he was arrested and why he spent time in jail and the whole nine yards. Just depraved, man. Traditional Easter eggs are dyed with vegetables. Is that real? I, I'm unfamiliar with like any of the traditions or any of that stuff. Pretty interesting though. Yeah, Easter is a European pagan tradition. Bales from the Middle East. Yeah, absolutely. None of the information has been looked up. None of the logic has been applied or even thought over with these people. All they care about is demonizing the things that they hate, no matter what it takes. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I'll talk to you next time. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can check me out on Patreon. You can also subscribe to my email list to keep up with what I'm doing and get free, uncensored, ad-free versions of my content. All links can be found in the description or on my website, ocmorgan.com, as always. Thanks for watching, guys.